each time I, I, I have this little game with the universe where with some this energy where I always when I take a big decision I say for example I'm, I'm moving from Paris I know I want to do this but I don't know when yet and so I will put I had a part on an apartment that I had bought there and I said okay I will put my apartment on sale on, on, to sell it and if I when it sells when someone is interested and is going to buy it, that's the moment where really? I will do all the things. And I thought this will be, take a lot. And I went to this agency to put it there on the market, my apartment, and the lady, she says, well, your apartment would cost well, 150,000 euros. And I said, well, I will want to sell it in 300,000. And she says, well, you won't sell it. And I said, well, let's see. Because I said, like that I will gain like six months, you know, of preparing. Yeah. One week later, someone comes and says, I want to buy it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? One week later, I was turning all, all the machine to leave. Atmen. Das ist das Thema von Raquel Sosa, meinem heutigen Interviewgast. Und es ist eine Premiere, denn es ist der erste Feines Mind Talk Podcast in englischer Sprache. Heute erfährst du, wie Raquel ihre Passion gefunden hat und wie sie anderen Menschen hilft, ein entspannteres Leben zu führen. Am Ende des Podcasts gibt es eine kleine Kostprobe ihrer Arbeit. Lass dich einfach überraschen. Wenn du eine Frage zum Thema Mindset und mentale Stärke hast, dann schreib mir unter podcast.gachemba.de und ich werde deine Frage über den Podcast oder in Tutorials beantworten. Lass uns gemeinsam mentale Frische in die Welt tragen. Du kannst den Podcast mit einem Beitrag deiner Wahl supporten und dafür sorgen, dass wir werbefrei bleiben können. Teile den Podcast mit deinen Freunden und in deiner Community. Schau auf meine Webseite www.katchemba.de, dort findest du alle Informationen. Und nun ab zum Podcast mit Raquel Sosa. Du hörst den Feines Mind Talk Podcast, der Podcast für deine mentale Frische. Mein Name ist Sascha Katchemba. Mich interessiert, was andere Menschen mental stark macht. Dafür treffe ich mich mit inspirierenden Menschen auf einen Espresso. Wir sprechen über ihren Lebensweg, den Herausforderungen, ihren Erfahrungen und setzen dabei den Fokus auf mentale Stärke. Lass uns herausfinden, was sie inspiriert hat, was sie unterstützt und was sie erfolgreich werden ließ. I'm very happy that you found time to speak with me on an espresso. So the show is on an espresso, mm -hmm. uh, like the interview show. And I know from a good friend of mine, Cecile, that you are finished uh, a stretch management course for business people or, or private or both? Uh, yes, for both. I, I am now working uh, with Uh, private sessions. I do a coaching model where I work for three months, uh, once a month, once a month, uh, once a week. I do a session once uh, per week mm -hmm. with a person during three months and we go through different aspects of the person's life. We choose a goal and then during three months we work on that at an energy level, emotional level and mental level. So, but it's very action driven that means it's about taking action it's gathering energy opening the heart being available to take action this is uh, basically what we do and in groups i have a group session monthly with women basically and now i'm starting to work in online project with companies okay. but that would be basically online 
uh, work with a Renew at Work is called a new program we're preparing. It has been launched last week and we started already offering it. And it's the same model, uh, working mentally, emotionally and with the body, uh, approaching stress and addressing the main concerns of people today with stress, you know. There's a lot of anxiety, the rates of suicide have risen enormously, depression, um, and mainly in all the reports it said that um, emotional stress is the highest stress right now. Uh, 15 years ago, it was physical stress. You would feel yes. the back pain, you yes. will feel... And now people can, can clearly see there's something not going well in their mental health. And so this program we're creating is to address this emotional mental stress, even if we work also with progressive muscle relaxation and other techniques that will balance also have an impact on the mental, yeah. but it's physical. And that have you all put in, 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 in an online course? It's an online course that has eight models okay. and uh, you it's eight weeks basically and so you go through it it's, it's very, it, the models are short enough so people can incorporate it in their daily life easily and, but the exercises are effective enough to have impact fast so it's um, it's um, it's quite um, efficient, I find it, and we worked on it about th six months to mm. put it together, looking at the latest research on, on stress management that indicates basically that um, people that think that stress is bad for them uh, suffer more from stress and people that think that stress is a way of their body getting ready for new challenges actually don't get ill as much and live longer. So all the program is based on changing your mindset around stress and, and finding what turns you on, what excites you and understanding what's the, the limits from excitement to entering into the stress field, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That it can easily go one to the other. So once you understand what triggers that you um, you can do many methods that we teach yeah. on how to yeah. navigate it. So yeah. yeah, you have a lot of experiences of, of the last years in the field of stress management. Do you believe it's that uh, that the stress level is more than for ten or fifty years? Because I ask this, I have written a book about stress and stress management for more than uh, yeah. Eight, eight, eight years ago, and I suppose in this time, 2010, mm -hmm. I, I suppose, oh, I'm on the peak, Pooh, it was the right time, later maybe it's, it's gone, <laughs> but today <laughs> no. we see, oh, <clears throat> it was a beginning. Yeah. You see it? Um, yes, it's increasing, it's not me saying it, uh, all the medical records say today that more or less 70% of the causes of people going to the doctor are related to stress. Uh, to daily stress problems that are create that create diseases, and and there are major diseases today that are connected medically have been found to be connected to stress. So um, yes, the research on the body and the chemistry on the body and the brain machines have been created to have a better measurement yeah. of of body functions and of the brain, and that can allow. Um, the medical sector to 
really spot very precisely what's causing what kind of stress. And so I think the stress has increased, but also the mechanism to measure it. So that means that we can see uh, what's, what hormones are active in mo before we couldn't see that. So now yeah. we know that it's related and that makes it that the numbers go grow. Because, but I, I do think uh, there in society there is uh, a phenomenon of disconnection of people between each other that is increasing stress, uh, a, a certain kind of stress, a certain kind of anxiety, loneliness. Um, and I think um, when I, that's the main work I do, because once you learn to connect with yourself and to connect with others and to create connections and to know what turns you on in these connections, to know how to do it, how to turn yourself on in your professional life with others, how to co-create, this really uh, reduces your stress hormones uh, to, to the minimum so you are excited but not stressed. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Because you need stress hormones to function, yeah. to be alert, to be creative. Um, your brain waves need to be turned on in a certain way. It can't be all alpha or all uh, theta. You yeah. can't function uh, properly for certain brain uh, activities that you need your mind to use your mind in a certain way. So. Um, yeah, so, but I do think stress has increased and all the numbers say so. I mean, it's multi-billionaire, the, the business, uh, the medical business around stress is getting like very high, like mental illnesses are increasing highly in, in, in developed countries, uh, especially, so. Yeah, yeah, that's been a very interesting field um, and, 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 and the other way also so important yeah. to to teach it's others major. To, to understand the mechanism. Um, so, but um, you are not born as a stress management specialist, I suppose. No. <laughs> so let us go a little bit back and, and uh, let us show how your life is, is going on. I know that you are uh, born in Venezuela. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit uh, about your childhood, how you yes. are um, growing up in, yes. the, in Venezuela. Of course. Um, I was born in Venezuela, in Caracas, the capital. It's a very noisy city and Venezuelan people are, are very happy, noisy people. <laughs> I mean, we speak loud and... But I was a very shy person when I was little and, and I introverted. And I remember since very small, very young age, um, entering into my bedroom where my family was talking outside and you know shouting and making their jokes and all entering into my bedroom and and um, and looking for silence you know and just sitting there calmly and breathing I remember clearly at the age of I think 12 or 14 around that age starting my first I would put a candle and I would do a little like ceremony or thing it was my thing it, I, I, and I would feel such a peace you know it was like the mm -hmm. moment of peace it wasn't long it was like maybe five minutes I would do but for me it was so recharging so I think that that, that was the first time like I started falling in love with meditation and silence and and breathing um, it was very young actually and at the age of in Caracas at the age of 18 I met a group of monks Indian monks that went there and they installed a center in Caracas and I remember helping them install the center I got good friends with them 
and I started teaching, I mean, uh, uh, they started teaching me uh, about pranayama, about meditation, about yoga, without me realizing I was being taught. It was like a very organic, it wasn't like a certification or anything. It was six years where I would just help him, help them um, bring things to one place to another with my card or things like that. And then they, I will spend the afternoon there and they would teach me techniques. Then I became vegetarian because certain techniques required the body to be in another chemistry. And uh, anyway, there was where I really started. Uh, and when I was, um, uh, I, then at that moment I decided, well, I, I always wanted to be journalist. Uh, and, and so I started my studies in journalism. I did five years. And then I went to France to uh, do a master degree in communication. And I did it, and while I was in France, I started working for a radio station in France. And I worked there for 10 years. Um, and I, I started to cover war situations, to cover all kinds of elections, to cover very stressful um, subjects like sexual, children's sexual uh, trade or abuse. Uh, mm. And meditation was key for me in all that time. You know, I was always um, very stressed in, the, in, in environments that were very stressful, but having this, these tools to be able to center, recenter, turn my stress down, be able to cool down to take the right decisions in the moment, you know. Um, so yeah, so but but it goes far. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't born like that, but I remember that it was quite young. Uh, yes, you, you told you was twelve or so on. Yeah. Um, and and the the main reason was that you would. Um, go back from the loudness. Have I understood it right? Yes. Uh, okay, so that was your, yeah. It's like I understood life was very naturally loud, like mm. life is loud and um, life is stressful and uh, for someone introverted, stressful means you get into a group of five people talking and you're stressed already. It's not like even a big stress I'm talking about. I'm talking about many layers of stress. Mm -hmm. That stress, then you're in a, in a war situation in Gaza Strip, for example. Uh, you're, uh, uh, they're being bombarded and you're there interviewing people and you see them themselves stressed and you are empathic and so you are stressed about them but you have to report at the same time and you have to be objective at the same time all these layers of stress going on but so it was like a necessity for me from young age to just go back and poof, it was for me it wasn't like taking a bath or it wasn't other things that for other people would work for me it was like just saying, sitting still and breathing yeah, but it it was not an um, not uh, not an aunt, not your mom, your dad, or no. something else uh, who has living it for your for your eyes to see. Oh, okay, maybe I try it. But it was only for yourself to yeah. to to search for for a tool. Yes. What you brings in a little bit yes. relaxation yes, situation. Yes, yes, totally. So, and, that was only comes from you. It came from me. Yeah, I, it came from me at that age. 
Um, then, of course, I had other tools. Then I remember uh, a friend lending me some. Before I met the monks, from at the age of like 16, maybe, a friend lent me some tapes. And I think it was Transcendental Meditation or something mm -hmm. like that. I don't remember the tapes right now, but I remember it was very focused on the breath. And then I read, started reading Carlos Castaneda, that it's a Mexican. I mean, he, he did a lot of work in Mexico and he, he's an anthropologist and he works on silence a lot also. Um, and uh, uh, so I started exploring different ways, you know, mm -hmm. but then I got this more yogic tradition when the monks came and that gave me a foundation that was very strong in breathing pranayama, in, in sophisticated techniques, ancient techniques that I didn't realize I was learning all that. For me, it was like part of life, like, yeah, let me learn this. I, I wasn't becoming a yoga teacher in my mind or anything or a pranayama teacher. I was just practicing with them and being, you know, humbly mm -hmm. there. I don't know. <laughs> Would you say you have found in, in this early ages uh, your passion, but you don't realize it? Completely. I, I, I totally um, find this and it's very funny because I, I, till recently I would always wonder why didn't I just kept doing that instead of becoming journalism. Journalist, you know, I asked myself, but I also realized how important has been journalism mm -hmm. for me, for the work I do today, and how, how important it was to meet so many different people all around the world, interview people of all presidents and poor people that has been abused and all range of humans living so many different experiences. Yeah. That was major for me in the work I do today. So, and it would have missed a big part if, of who I am if I wouldn't have done that. So I follow both, I follow my heart in both ways. I kept doing my uh, meditations and I would even in the field teach meditation to my colleagues everything uh, in when I was a journalist but I was a journalist a tough you know very yeah. focused journalist so I and with all the implications of journalism that is not only doing their job but it's also the compet the competition there is because you have to get the news before anyone else or you have to you know so there's in between journalists there is not such a friendliness it's like you're polite but you know that you have to be always aware that who has the info and get yeah. there first and so it's so much stress in so many levels but mm. i think this prepare me to understand stress in so many levels and yeah. you know how yeah. human beings behave in certain situations and yeah so uh, for me it's precious all the experience uh, yeah. yeah okay what do you believe are the gifts from your parents uh, my parents um they're uh they're very special people for me, at least. <laughs> they, I, at the age of eight years old, more or less, they divorced, they got divorced. So I went to live with my mother more in England. I went to live in England for like about one year and a half, two years. That's how I learned English. And I saw less my father, but before that I was very near my father, very close to my father. So when we came back again, we renewed the relationship. I mean, we kept it. And uh, my father is a very um, curious person, very intellectual, curious, and he can get lost in any moment f 
for hours, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just by curiosity of discovering things. And I think I have this and I appreciate this and I admire this in him that he doesn't see the world in categories too much, but he can talk to someone and it's, I always see he creates like a bubble, like we are in an elevator and someone is, you know, the person in charge of marking in a big company, the, the elevator for you, like mm -hmm. what floor are you going? And he can say, good morning, how are you doing? And he can start a conversation and I feel everything disappears and he's in the here and now. Okay. He has this capacity to, to be there where he is, you know, and this curiosity. And my mother has a big, it's a very intelligent woman. It's a very um, leader. She, I mean, she, everywhere she goes, she becomes the leader of the situation. And uh, she has a very good sense of humor and a very uh, practical way of seeing life that I love. And she has a big heart and her heart is huge, but funny at the same time. It's not like big heart, like only, you know, generous, yeah. dramatic. It's, it's big heart being there, but making fun and laughing and, you know, generous person. And well, yeah, I love both of them uh, deeply and they have marked me in many ways uh, for the good and for the things that were not so good. They also made why, who I am today, you know, yeah. so I'm grateful for both of them somehow. So, yeah. yeah. You have a brother or sister? <laughs> I have two half brothers that I haven't uh, really shared with them much in life, like left, lived with them for a long time in long periods. Mm -hmm. I have a very good relationship with them. They're younger than me. One lives in New York and the other one lives in uh, Texas. Okay. And uh, they're brilliant <laughs> and very funny too. They're very, very funny. And when we get together, I laugh a lot and we have very sparkling conversations. So yeah, so yeah, I love them very much too. Okay, <laughs> so you mean you have you have a good back? Yeah. From the family. Yeah, I feel so, and I my two families are completely different. My father comes from an immigrant family from from Spain, mm -hmm. from Can Canary Islands, and he went to Venezuela when he was six, with my grandparents, and mm. so it's a different background than my mother that has been. The family of my mother was settled there for like. A hundred years. I mean, more than. I mean, uh, my grandmother. You can see she was a little bit Indian in her character, physical. Mm -hmm. So you can see. So it's different. Is that immigrants and people that are not have different mindsets and different ways of seeing life. But I think I have both. And now that I'm traveling and I'm an immigrant myself, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has yeah. been helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 great. Um, so when you start your your journalism. Uh, a job or a study. Um, can you remember what was your, yeah, your, yeah, your interesting field in, in, in journalism? Yeah, I remember um, I was, I loved to cover cultural uh, activities, mm -hmm. basically at the beginning. I mean, when I started, I even had, I remember having, before even being uh, Uh, hired in the radio when I would think I want to have a radio program you know I, I would think this I would think about a radio program where people doing uh, creative creative work I would interview them about the creations and how they went through it and all but then when I was in the radio in, in the the way the radio was uh, was a structure we went through all I mean like 
two or three years in each area, more or less. So I started covering elections and I loved it and I became very good at it, I have to say. So, and, and summits and political summits and all of these things. And, and that was something fascinating to see the actors taking decisions and to see the leaders uh, figuring out things and deciding. That was fascinating for me. Mm -hmm. And then I covered um, more social, um, issues uh, like uh, what I told you about sexual abuse mm -hmm. and all of this and I travel uh, there was a period where I travel a lot in Central America for that and then I cover Middle East and more like Palestinians and Israelians so I I started with this but then my curiosity and my will to go and see what's happening you know when you are when you're in the radio you read all this news and and you know there's going to be this summit will solve this problem you say i want to be there you know there, there was this interest in me i was always very shy anyway you know it wasn't mm -hmm. easy for me each time to open the mic and talk i was i realized how it was an effort i was doing every time but uh, anyway, I, another part of me enjoyed just being there and uh, having access to all of those worlds. And for me, it, was, it became very natural to arrive anywhere and ask people everything about their lives because mm. that was my job. But now I see, wow, that was totally another way of living, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your point of view today about journalism? So fake news and all this stuff. You have a deeper, deeper in uh, view of this. Yes. Well, um, I think it's uh, there is a whole structure in journalism that it depends what kind of journalism and where you're you're working in because there are great channels and and when I say great are uh, of service to people um, with a message that even if it can't never be objective because journalism is made by humans and humans. I, I even we have we had big discussions with my colleagues about this because I would think we can't be objective. I mean, we can't be close to objective, but we can't. We, we only by choosing the angle, only by choosing how you ask the question, only mm -hmm. by choosing, you know, you're already deciding uh, more or less how things will go. Yeah. And so I think um, journalism today um, it's, it's a profession hard to work in because now information is everywhere and uh, to create news people and chain and channels have, have to create drama more than ever. So whatever is in Facebook or in Twitter or here or there can be, you know, uh, exploded in another level. Like if you have a news and everybody's tweeting about it because they're all around it and they're seeing it. Yeah. Okay, what the, can the journalists give more than what the, it's been already said? So it's, I think that it's a challenging situation for the channels and for the people. Um, now that everybody became more or less a reporter in their own way, um, I think it's used for manipulation in many situations, like consciously uh, used to create outcomes. And I, and of course, when you see who owns the chain, the channels, and who owns, it's, it's it's not even that we are in a complot theory. It's like normal. If you own that channel and you have these thoughts about life, that's what your channel will be about, you know. And you will choose journalists that are aligned with you. And if they're not aligned, they have to either pretend they're aligned or they go, you know. So, it's you create your own system, and it, and. Yeah, it's uh, it's a thing, but I think we are in a lucky time where social media it's there, and you can in many ways 
do your own journalism and you don't have to blame big channels now you can create your own thing you know like instead yeah. so i think we are lucky in my time when i was little we didn't have that we it was like just tv uh, journal one, one or three yeah, yeah three medias, medias yeah. yeah but uh, now today i see and my daughter she will have like in in 10 years she will read everything anywhere and will be able to create her own news and her own so it's dangerous and at the, because anything anyone can say anything and it's harder to pick what is it true or not but at the same time uh, it's a great time of sharing and connection yeah. so so you can choose which, yes. which direction you will go. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I suppose that's a, yeah, that's a, the, that's the strangeness of this. Yes. To choose right. Yes, <laughs> yes. Or to stand for the for the decision. Yes, that's Maybe true. Maybe that's uh, difficult. Yeah. When did you do your cut to from okay. the journalism um, to the next thing? Yes. Was the next thing the, your, your own business? Or? Yes, it was. Um, what I did was that I, when I was a journalist in the radio, I decided to go to Los Angeles in a sabbatical year to study documentary filmmaking. Um, and I went there and I studied documentary filmmaking. Okay. But in parallel, I got married and I had a child too. And when I was pregnant uh, with my child, uh, one day I remember I was still uh, doing some things for other radios and, and I was covering Obama's ele first election, I remember clearly, and I woke up at around five o'clock in the morning, I was three months pregnant, more or less, and I woke up with a big pain and I thought I was losing the baby and I, I got in the car very worried and I went to the hospital and the doctor told me after hours of exams and all that I had a fibroid, a seven centimeter fibroid. Mm. That, that's uh, like a ball of mm -hmm. flesh or I don't know for the audience that don't know, doesn't know what it is. And he said it's placed in a, you know, in a place, it's, it's located in a place where uh, it will be very painful. And the more the pregnancy advances, the more painful it will get. And it will grow the size of your baby. So we will do a cesarean that we will schedule right now, he said. And um, we, you will have your baby and the fibroid, you know, like two babies. And <laughs> you can't uh, get up of bed during the whole pregnancy because Ooh. the pain will be so strong that you won't be able to bear it. And we can't give you pain pills too much because you're pregnant. and. So you have to be horizontal position the next seven, you know, the next uh, six months or... Yeah. And I was like devastated. I went out of the hospital like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. And I remember I went back to the doctor that like half an hour because I was like shocked and I went back and I knocked at the door and I said, I just need from you to tell me what are the possibilities that I can reverse this? And he said, okay, to be clear with you, the same possibilities that instead of having a baby, you have a pig. Imagine, that's the same. You don't have any possibility. And I went like, wow, what an example. This doctor is like crazy. And I cried so much and I arrived home so moved, you know. And then I call a friend that uh, has, that is acupuncturist and he told me, well, let's see each other and talk about this. And I went to his uh, practice and he told me, look, Raquel, there are basically, this is a choice you have to make here. Because yeah, the doctor gave you one option, 
um, to have the baby after being laying down and to have a lot of pain and to have cesarean. But there is the other option that you have a natural, normal pregnancy, that you walk, that you do any, everything you want and that you have your baby naturally. Uh, but you have to decide because whatever you choose will create your chemistry and will create everything in you that will nourish that. So either you become a victim and you're in bed receiving your friends saying, oh, how this could happen to me, you know, with all the chemistry of, mm -hmm. of that. And or you take things at hand, you use all the tools you have and you change your chemistry. And I said, okay, I'm up for that because it, when it's your baby, you know, you don't negotiate, like you don't have any choice, basically. You just do what is good for it. It's natural in you to want yeah, that. Yeah. So, well, I did. And after a lot of, uh, I did like uh, intensive visualizations and breathing techniques that I hadn't practiced in a long time um, to reduce the stress levels in the body, to change my chemistry. And 15 days later, I didn't have any pain. And then another 15 days later, I didn't have any pain. And I went to a doctor and he said, the fibroid hasn't grown, so I don't understand. And then I started be at doing things normally, swimming, hiking, dancing salsa, doing everything. And I had all the rest of the pregnancy perfectly well, I mean, really thriving and happy. And I had a natural birth and the fiber didn't grow and the doctor was really amazed and you know what an incredible thing you did how keep doing whatever you're doing he would yeah. say every session every uh, um, time i went to see him and so well at the end i this experience changed my life because till then i would hear and know that meditation was good for your body that breathing was good for you you know like it was like not a theory, it was something I practiced, but that it was never really uh, so radical for me, the mm -hmm. results, you know? Yeah. So I could read a statistic, but it was like information that was a little bit cold and distant for me. Yeah. And this time I realized, wow, we really have a power here. We really are powerful people, you know, p human beings. We have the capacity to intend something, focus on it and really create any environment we want through breathing and through intention and so i said i want to study this deeper and i, I create a pregnancy program called blooming together that it's a, an audio pregnancy program that is sold online mm -hmm. uh, for pregnant women to have uh, meditations and visualizations for each uh, week of the pregnancy um, so you create a balance in your body and all of this. And, but then I said, okay, I want to go beyond pregnancy and beyond all of this because this is for, for you know, basically anyone. And so I started uh, studying it more, studying other breathing techniques and studying stress management techniques and studying stress differently in, in, in a more medical way and in a more also intuitive way. Oh, you know, I spend... Mm -hmm. Um, a lot on that and so I have been working on that since uh, my daughter was born basically sure. <laughs> I shifted and I said now I want to use my my research skills of journalism into this into you know uh, researching interviewing people that have had experiences with this that had healed themselves that have so I yeah I have been doing that since then okay how many years 
uh, around now maybe 10 years. 10 years. So how, how old is your daughter? <laughs> yeah, nine. She's nine and yeah. I was pregnant. So, so, so yeah. yes. Nine. So, but did you finish your, your, your film school? I did. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did documentary filmmaking, yeah. Okay. Have yeah, you yeah. done a documentary I about did. stress? No, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't used those. That's why I feel now, because I have been so much into the, you know, one-to-one -one or groups or yeah. that I haven't had time to start doing, to start uh, disseminating, you know. Mm -hmm. what, but, uh, well, no, the, the, I did a, a documentary, uh, but about Hugo Chavez in Venezuela and the Venezuelan... Mm -hmm. Hugo Chavez revolution in Venezuela. I did it long ago um, and I did other small short films and documentaries and I love that. That's one of my hobbies and passions to okay. do it, to doing uh, films. It's, I, I, create, I do scripts and then I do five minutes and I participate in Kino Cabaret. It's a, it's a festival that is here mm -hmm. where you, during some days you create co-create films with people you don't know, actresses yeah. that come, actors, all of this. I usually go, I'm going to go this year again. It's next week, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, in September. And uh, so, I, because I love it, but that's like a creative thing I have that yeah. I love to explore. I, I can understand this completely. Yes, yes. It's, uh, it's, that's one with audio for sure, yeah. not not only with video, but that's also one of my way to to put out the creativity yes. or something. Yeah. Yes, that's cool. That uh, brings us to the question: um, Who or what uh, inspires you? What's your your source? Yes, my source. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, uh, there are many many things that inspire me. Actually. Um, I get very inspired by people that come to work with me and to see the, the thirst they have in growing and, and expanding and I, I, it really touched me. I can even cry sometimes. I see some, I'm in some sessions and I'm like, wow, this is so touching. And um, it's really inspiring for me because it's so easy to just keep repeating the same thing, you know, it's so easy to just um, be uh, keep keep uh, in your comfort zone uh, in your little world complaining by the for the same people that are doing you things and you know create your story mm. and lock yourself in and create the chemistry for it and stay there forever you know <laughs> it's so easy and comfortable that when I see people saying there's something off here and this is not what I want and then doing what it takes to change it this inspires me this inspires me sometimes I, I say I'm exhausted I can't today I need now some rest but then I have a session and I'm, I'm saying if I was if I was uh, in my mind I would uh, cancel this session because I'm tired but then I think about the people coming and I'm like so turned on and inspired that I said no I have to show up I have to go I want to this is like my life this is my life purpose mm -hmm. and so people turn me on in this way like the people I work with and I feel the connection gets very strong when we work together mm -hmm. because we're not working in a mental way only we are working with our energy and we are exchanging energy and that's a very powerful thing, you mm -hmm. know, to do it consciously. We all, all share energy all the time, but to be consciously aware what you're sharing and doing it with your heart open and, you know, the person receiving it with the heart open and giving you a part of them also with their heart is like, oh, it's a very strong experience and this inspires me. Um, another thing that inspires me is, um, 
I don't approach meditation as a discipline only. I mean, I, it has a percent of discipline, the days you don't want to do it, you mm -hmm. just push yourself and do it. But I do, it's like an appointment with this intelligence energy that creates everything. And I go to meditation like for a love appointment with this energy, you know? I, I sit there and I wait for, you know, like, okay, I'm here, available, open. And it's always, it's often, I can say, I could say almost always, I don't say always because it's not always, but um, it's often a very strong experience, the meditations and the breathings I do. Uh, with alone, I mean, and they they connect me to something very big that is in me and that is in everyone, you know. And we have this energy flowing there. Uh, we have this is the energy that makes our cells be alive. This is the energy, you know, is the prana. It's our life force, and this life force that is so creative, um, it's an awareness. It's it's aware, and it and it's aware. Uh, in me through my awareness and is awareing you through your awareness. So to sit there and contemplate this and give space to this energy, you know, nourish this relationship mm -hmm. with this energy in me, this turns me on really. This is, this is like the fuel, you know, that turns mm -hmm. on. And any person that is doing that and teach me new ways of doing this, like there are great people today teaching um, how to get closer to this energy or to trigger it in you and make it bigger in you that inspire me. There are many right now doing great things. Uh, Joe Dispenza, it's a doctor yes. doing a great work on it. So or anyone that is doing this in, in, and that, that it's working on this in, with their heart, but also with their uh, science, trying to, to see how we get closer and, and expand it version of ourselves, um, turn me on <laughs> and inspire me. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great, yes. I suppose it's, it's not so easy, this question, because uh, you feel your passion naturally, but um, have you an idea how much you, you really wanted to live that passion? Can you, can you fix an, an, an age of you where you was, all right. This is what I want to, This yeah. is what I really want to live out. Yeah. I remember in, in the radio, being in France, I mean, I always did it as a personal life, mm -hmm. but the day I decided, I felt like this is something I want to transition into and I have to do something to break the cycle I am in right now that was like traveling for a, for a, a reportage and coming back and yeah, editing yeah. and uh, you know, like this cycle. And one day I remember Uh, having a crisis in the radio or something about something, I don't remember what it was exactly, um, but I remember saying, okay, I feel this is the moment to give complete space to this other part of me that has been shyly um, presenting itself in, in this 10 years in the radio. Mm -hmm. Now I feel I want to do more of that. And I remember going to groups more in Paris. I lived in Paris then. Uh, going to groups that were meditating or were doing magical passes of Castaneda or were mm. doing and and being part of groups and not so much groups of journalists but groups of this and so my social life became this and I remember when I said one day okay I'm done with Paris and journalism and I will go to LA where there are many friends of mine working on these techniques and learning breathing and I will 
I still need a transition, so I will do documentary filmmaking because I love it and I was mm -hmm. already doing film. But it, this will be like my transition, like so the mind doesn't freak out that I arrived to LA with nothing and you know, like let, what do I do? So I created like this transition, but I, I remember there saying, this is it, I don't know the form it will take. And I remember wishing a lot. I, I want a major tool that I can guide people with because mm -hmm. I know meditation, I can, people can learn, but I want a tool that is really more efficient and radical and fast, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for people to have to feel what they are, that they are more than, you know, uh, that what they think they are, what the mind is telling them they are. So I remember then arriving to LA and doing all this and then pranayama no doing going through the whole pregnancy process ah, okay. and then learning pranayama breath work that ah. was the tool that i used the most yeah this okay. is the major tool so i yes. remember when i received it i was like really wow i am i was astonished because i asked for it really clearly you know mm -hmm. at some level of me i was like I, i want something precise i want some and i remember i started exploring reiki and mm -hmm. i would say Reiki is okay, but it's too passive for the one receiving it. Ah, okay. I, I need mm -hmm. something that it, the person feels she's More. the one doing the thing, yeah. you know? They're the one connecting directly, not me, even if I am creating the place. So I was precise in this. Uh, without Now I see I was precise. At the moment I was just having, you know, yeah. doubts and thoughts and this and that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, so, I, like we create things. It sounds very articulated now, but at the time, if you asked me, I was like, I don't know what I will do. Yeah. <laughs> I know some situation, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we go, go forward, um, you have uh, told us that you are using pranayama meditation or, or breeze work. Mm -hmm. So can you give us a little bit or a little deeper insight of you of pranayama yoga? Yeah, pranayama yoga... Um, meditation or breath work is a very strong technique that allows you to go from the mind to place your attention from the mind to the heart center basically and to you as energy like our attention is in our daily life nourishing the fact that everything we think is what dictates what we will do what life is how we organize life is through our thoughts but we're much more than our thoughts we, we are energy beings vibrating at all levels and we have many parts of us that also are very strong in decision making and in making things happen. And we usually think it's the mind that is taking these decisions, but it's other parts of us. So pranayama breath work helps you to connect to these parts, to, to enhance your attention on them. And because wherever you put your attention, energy goes there, then you put your attention in these other parts and energy starts to flow stronger in its other parts. And you feel when guided in a certain way, it can open your energy and your your awareness to new ways of perceiving reality and new ways of perceiving yourself mm -hmm. and you can understand the power you have because you can feel it it's not a mind experience it's not that you're reading how powerful we are it's like you can feel it in every point in your body you know and so 
you do all through the through the movement of prana in the body of your life force in the body and you connect with this force that is bigger than you that is in you that is you but mm -hmm. that we with the mind we think it's if we can't see something we can't it doesn't exist it's more or less the approach of the mind you know and here you are feeling it and so it's it's something you can't turn your back on once uh, off once you experience it you can't just pretend it didn't happen you know you felt yourself in a different way and yeah. your heart open in a in a special way so um usually it's a very life-changing experience for people and uh, it's not a technique that people come every week to do or every month because it when they do it, it many times it opens so much something that you get into a fl different flow and you go through your life and you do what you have to do now with this energy. Um, I have people coming uh, monthly to my sessions and I have the three, the three months um, coaching that I do. People come weekly and we do mindset coaching. We go through your life, what you did that week and we do pranayama breath, breath work to free more energy and get you going again and so it's a it's very strong because it's not just setting uh, the mind for it but it's the body and and it, this is very important because um there are people working on this in a very particular way like joe dispensa and explaining mm -hmm. how it's important to create a new chemistry in your body to be able to create uh, this new version of yourself that you need to become to achieve your new things and to um, achieve the things you want to in life. So um, pranayama breathwork helps you to change the chemistry in a very strong way. And once you change the chemistry again and again and again, you become a new person. You become an open heart person with all the chemist chemicals implied in that mm -hmm. opening of the heart because we're not just energy or just body or just we're a whole so each time you change your energy it will have an impact in your physical body too and it will create new chemistry in your physical body and it will create new brain connections and it will so it's it's a very holistic uh work and yeah yeah and um do you believe can can the audience do it for for himself alone or is it better yeah. to get an instruction it's great if they can come to a session. It's great. It's much better if you are live there, but I, they can do it. I have a seven minute um, breath work that I have created for people that want to try it. Hmm. And I can give you the link and they yes, can access we, it for free. It and it's a, it's yeah. a gift. Okay, thank <laughs> so, you. Yes, yeah, so, uh, so they can explore it and there's no danger. Nothing wrong will happen. Even if they feel their body tingling, yeah. they have to enjoy it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, there is an introduction that in, you know explains okay. everything. And so, yeah, so, but the, you can do it. Yeah. So is, is it a, a little few about this uh, pranayama breeze work, mm -hmm. or but it's, it's not it's not a whole one or this yeah yeah it's a whole session it's okay. a seven minutes uh, guided session okay. it's only that and then mm -hmm. I have like five minutes of intro apart okay. uh, but it's yeah it, they do they do the the active breathing for about five minutes mm -hmm. and then there are other two minutes where you just enjoy. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Thank yeah. you. So we will uh, took all this in the show notes so yeah. the people can download yeah. it and well, found the download. Do you have people who has uh, accompanied you as a, as a teacher or guide yes. you? So maybe the monks or... Yeah, the monks were... Uh, I'm still in contact with many of them and okay. they are... 
They're fantastic people. They're, they're incredible because they're monks that are in society, living in society with people. They mm -hmm. don't get married. They, don't, they dedicate themselves completely to teaching meditation, to practicing yoga, to refining their energy in many ways and to, to giving for free. They give for free. They, they, just, they receive donations and all, but they're very rare people today. And, uh, and the, the, the leader of that organization, he already passed away. It's Sri Sri Anandamurti. It's, 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 a, it's a master uh, um, that lived in, England, in India. And they all belong to, I mean, they all uh, um, teach his teachings, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this is called Raha Diraha Yoga. They call it the yoga of kings of kings. Uh, like Raha Yoga is the yoga of kings, and this is like the kings of kings. And they created all this new methodology. It's not new. They took things that were left out from other traditions and include them. And meditation and pranayama are key, but also social service. Mm -hmm. They're very centered in helping others. And they say that uh, if you just teach meditation, it's, it's spiritual capitalism, they call it. And they say we should be more in a cooperative uh, mindset where we not only teach meditation, but we'll help people to survive in their environments. And we are there to help them create a micro enterprise or to create, you know, so they're monks with multifacetic uh, skills mm -hmm. and I love that and so they helped me a lot and then David Elliott also it was the person that taught me the pranayama uh, breath work in LA okay he he still teaches in, in New Mexico I think he's right now and he he's fantastic in his work he's he's intuitive completely in his work in his approach um, and so it's another kind of approach different to, for example, Joe Dispenza, other people that are more scientific. Both of them have, have a strong impact in me. Um, David Elliott in a more intuitive, I, I did the whole training with him on breath work and on becoming a healer uh, uh, with him and his work is how to enhance your intuition and your connection with this something bigger than you mm -hmm. and, and help to connect people to that. Uh, so the sessions are mainly uh, you connect, helping, uh, hold, uh, holding space for people to make this connection. You, you, don't, you do little. You put your intention and create this space and then people through breathing create this connection with their uh, vital force and this energy, mm -hmm. creative energy. Okay. Yes, well, and Joe Dispenza has been really important too um, for that, uh, for, for all the work I'm doing in the last two years maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I have included much more um, in the stress management model I'm working with and protocol. I'm included much more of, uh, of um, knowledge. He, he has taught me that for people it's really important to know why they're doing things and when they know why they're meditating and what this produces in their body, it has a, such an impact, different impact that you just teach a technique and you know because meditation is good for you and that doesn't work too much. And I have explored with my clients and with the people I work with, with his uh, model of explaining of, uh, and it's, the results are like, wow, like. Uh, yes. Yeah, Dr. Joe Dispenza is also for me uh, a good one because I'm also often uh, uh, a man who often in the head. Yes. So, so and, and I have the chance with, with this method um, 
to to give my head what you want yeah and then he he has to do something <laughs> and then this time i can go yes to try to connect with my body yes and so that was also a good experience for me because i was searching searching checking how can yeah. i handle yeah. something because i can't name it i only had the feeling um something you must change every, but I can't, I can't grab it. Yes. So and with this, um, I can give my head something knowledge yes, input. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and then He's I very time. successful in Germany because yes, uh, yes, because yes, Germans, the Germans uh, are very in the head. Uh, yeah, and um, to logical and and um, yeah. they want to know. Okay, that's. That's back, 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 yeah, back, yeah, back. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think he's doing a great thing. Also, he's creating science around mm, this, yes, and this and is a great. big step for. Yeah, I for think for humanity, you know, yeah. this will be a great step, a big step. I don't know if he will manage to do the research on all of it, but he's starting this model of researching really hardcore research on yeah. this. Uh, in a massive way that allows you to have real data and he's great getting incredible results and I'm sure that if I would measure the meditations I have been doing or I practice these med yogic meditations that I receive that I'm, I teach others if I would measure I would have great results too what I'm trying to say is that he's applying uh, a method that I think will get more and more extended everywhere yeah. to just research and back up and, and explain how things work. David Elliott is more of another current. He says, we don't need that. We already know it works. Look at your you, look at your yeah, heart open, yeah. look at the results in your life, look at your happiness. Yeah. So yeah, he, you, you are the experience. Yes, yeah. you are the experience. We don't need it. But uh, I love both. I yes. love, I think both are right in a way or another, you know, yeah. like, and so, yeah. Yeah, and every can, every, everyone can choose yes. the right one yes. for themselves. Yes, yes. Um, so, um, with all this energy work, um, <laughs> a typical German question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, are, you, are you a planner? Go, you looking forward to plan something or have your own strategy? Yes, I am very, I am, I am a planner. Yeah, I, it's not that I am a planner, I have become a planner. Mm -hmm. I have realized that to uh, manage to your energy and make it, help it not to be drained in, in distractions, it's good to have a plan and it's good to be open to a spontaneity when you're doing the things, but it's good to have a plan. So right now, for example, um, I create a three months, every three months I create a plan for the next three months. What is it I'm going to focus on? What is it that I will invest my time in social media in? What is it that I will put out there as a value for people? What is it that I want to enhance in my life? If it's private sessions or if it's online work I'm doing with companies, whatever it is, I plan it and I say, okay, this has to, this will happen in these three months. And something in my mind does click and starts like, I, I turn on, oh my God, my bellies. <laughs> um, I turn on my, uh, uh, like a motor and I start and this is it. And this is the focus. I, it's very hard to work as, a, as like an entrepreneurial model. Like when you're not working for someone in a company, mm -hmm. it's hard to keep up. So what I have implemented in my life, it's a daily mastermind little session. I do at mm -hmm. 8.30 in the morning with a, a friend. It's a colleague, a friend. Okay. And she has, she's working in cryptocurrency, nothing to do with what I'm doing. But at, we meet at 8.30 and for 
10 minutes, minutes each, we, we, detect, we take 20 minutes to say what we're going to do during the day and what we did last, the, the day before first okay. and then what we're doing next. So this is a way of keeping daily track and of the use you're doing of your professional uh, time, I mean like in your life, and really this increased my um, performance and the use of my energy in a very, I mean it upgraded it in a, an incredible way just okay. by having this, um, you know, accountability partner. And every three months I do the planning and I schedule it in, in, a, in a schedule, you know, in a calendar. Mm -hmm. and, and I also take into account when my menstruation will come because this is the time where I feel I need more sleep or I need more energy so I don't put I know I put this if I manage but I know I put a red thing okay this is red time this is that so I can I know my cycle and I know that I can't be performing all the time that my energy won't be always uh, in a high peak and that I need gestation moments I need moments where I just create Mm -hmm. And those moments are usually when I'm cleaning the house, when I'm doing things like that, I'm something, ideas happen there yeah. and I'm like, wow, you know, yeah. and then, um, yeah, so, but I, as you see, I do, I do plan. Before I didn't too much and I always found myself a little lost, you know, when I started uh, yes. to do this, I found myself uh, a little like, okay, I want to do this, but well, first I have to find a name for the project, well, first, and, and it was so intuitive that I felt my one month passed and I didn't do anything. I mean, I'm still in the same place than before. So when you matched, when you match changing your chemistry daily for that new activity that you mm -hmm. want to make happen, and when you match it with accountability, and when you match it with planning what it is, and you put a little bit of magic of spontaneity because something happens always, a synchronicity happens. Yeah that gives the last push of the like like the la i would say the last push of the universe complotting to give you to help you in the last push um well it's great you set the environment and everything so everything will unfold in a certain way you know because of the way you placed everything yeah. you know it's like a to I'll give a last, last example it's like a football player that you you are there about to kick the ball and you are the one that is going to do the final definition of who wins the match. But if you didn't practice, if you don't have the skills, if you didn't, you know, like if you didn't prepare yeah. for that, you won't be ready to give the kick. Even if the occasion is perfect, you won't make it, you know. But you do need this last minute magic that happens yeah. where the someone stood in a way where the ball bounced in that you know like yeah. what I mean the yeah. magic also is there so I believe in I, I am in both I feel that both are really important yeah okay mm -hmm. fine mm -hmm. and and this way what did you do for yourself um, to be healthy to be inspired to be curious Healthy, you mean physically or healthy? Uh, Both, physical okay. and in the okay. mind. Yeah, I... Holistic way. Um, I have explored... Uh, well, meditation is a... It's your daily... It, it, it's my daily practice. I do meditation daily. I, I have a very active mind. 
and very creative and engaged in things and passionate about things and all I could be at three o'clock in the morning like oh my god let me like look for this this is great you know like I'm this oh, yes. in this way I'm very excited about things. yes so I need meditation to really go from beta waves I mean in the basic technical wave of using meditation besides the romantic affair I have mm -hmm. with this intelligence I told you about <laughs> I'm talking about for me it's really important to calm my mind waves you know I feel I'm like wow like the, the mind would be like a hundred like in hundred and I need it to calm down to to enter into a new layer and a level of awareness that is not totally conscious but it has other layers and for that meditation is important and it, it gives, brings me balance it, it calms any anxiety that can be produced by this mind that wants to figure out all the problems that there will be in this project to avoid them all so when this is happening my yeah. stress levels get high enough so this is very important for me and then what I eat is also very important I've been practicing for a while now well I'm vegetarian and I am almost vegan, almost, because I, I have eliminated dairy products. I eat eggs still, um, but I have eliminated dairy products just because it, my joints were really hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I did a detox process in a course and they allow you to become aware of how food is having an impact in your body. So you had to take out of your diet some foods every week. And when I took out, I was like in pain. I was going down the stairs on the metro and I was saying, why it is so painful? My feet can't, I can't. I said in five years, I won't be able to walk at this rhythm. You know, I was really worried. And, um, and then I started, I eliminated milk products and in one week, I didn't have any pain in my body. I couldn't believe it. So I know each one of us has different things that has yep. different impact in us. It's not like I'm saying, don't eat meat, don't drink milk. No, it's for anyone. Everyone is different maybe, but for me that was major and my body rebalanced in an incredible way since. And I'm also practicing um, since a few months now, uh, the half fasting, uh, 16 hours without eating and then mm -hmm. eight hours eating. This has regulated my body in also incredible ways and has okay. given me a lot of energy mm -hmm. back. Um, yeah, but I, it's all explorations and I'm not a fan of obsessiveness of, about things. I try them and use them for a while and then um, I find that something new that maybe for this time is better and I can change. Mm -hmm. yeah. and the only regular thing is meditation. That's the only thing I do. I mean, whatever. But I, there are also many kinds of meditation, so I use them depending on where I am at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what would you say, um, maybe you can grab it, um, what, what, what your talent is or what your gift is? Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I love to combine the intuitive part of life with the concrete part of life and um, balance both and teach in this way and all my classes and everything that I do, even with my daughter, I'm constantly um, nourishing um, this duality. It seems a duality, but when you live in both, you create like a whole new little universe where mm -hmm. both are uh, available there. And I think um, 
helping people open the heart through through this combination and that is opening the heart is not an abstract thing it's a very concrete thing that happens in an intuitive level but also in a very concrete level mm. and you experience this as an experience not just as uh, as something that you talk about and then you cry a little bit about because you, your heart is open and then in your life you keep doing the same things. No, yeah. for me, both. So I think I'm a very pragmatical person, but a very mystical person, let's say. Yeah. So it's a rare combination I find because I don't find many people, like I have find teachers that are very intuitive and then teachers that are very into the pragmatic part. And so I think that's a, that's a talent or that's a... The drift that you can give yeah, out. Yeah, this is a, this yeah. Is a and yeah. connecting people. Yeah, connecting people to themselves and to mm -hmm. others. This is also. Um, are you are you a reader? Do you have um, interesting books um, you use for yourself to inspire you? Yes, or? yes. I I read basically essays. I'm not an, a lot of a novel reader. Mm -hmm. The only series of novels novels I read that are not even considered novels are all Carlos Castaneda's uh, novel series. I have read in at school in university novels, all the mm -hmm. classics and all that you read. But I'm not today. I uh, I wouldn't. I'm not a fan of that. I'm more into the say, and I love all the new research that is being done in neuroscience, in epigenetics, uh, I'm, I always, I'm, I mean, Amazon is knocking at my door almost <laughs> three times a week with books yeah. because I love uh, books and in this sense I read a lot and um, yeah, so um, I strongly recommend any of the books of Joe Dispenza, for example, mm -hmm. they're quite uh, fantastic to change or even to change your mindset about yourself and how you function you know yeah. it's a great eye-opener I love um, David Elliott's books too he has uh, two great books and um, and all also they are they're both very heart opening when you read them you feel your heart opens at many levels when mm -hmm. you're the act of reading them so they're less for the mind and more for other parts of you, you know. Um, yeah, and I think, well, there are many, but uh, yeah. Uh, Caroline Miss also, she has uh, a lot. She has three fantastic books. She's a healer. Hmm. I mean, there are many. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so an um, interesting question is, um, what, are, what are you most afraid of? Hmm. That's a great What's question. <laughs> That's a great question. You know, it's a great question because I was, at some level of myself, I was very scared of death. Mm -hmm. And um, last month, I, I, I accompanied um, a friend that it, it was, it's not a friend, it was almost like a father to me, a, my French father. I went into an exchange program and I was there in his house for a year. Mm -hmm. So they became my family. And he passed away uh, now, this month, on the 9th of August. Yeah. And I was there with him in the last moments and I saw his peace and I saw how he decided to die in that way and I saw, and, I, and it made, it changed completely my relationship with death. I, I was there with him and I saw how death is like a rebirth in another way, you know, the way he was breathing, the way he was, everything was like a birth. And I was uh, astonished of his inner calm and of his, 
readiness for that. And he doesn't even do meditation or anything. He's a, he, he's like the opposite of all that. He never believed in anything after death. He thought we died and that's it. And you know, but even though he was like, so, and so this shifted that big fear. And now I'm trying to find a new fear. <laughs> <Let> me, <laughs> because that's what the one I would yeah. talk about the most. Like I realize is maybe the fear of the unknown. This is a fear mm -hmm. I have to get comfortable. I mean, this is something I have to get comfortable with. I'm not comfortable all the time with the unknown, um, of not knowing what's mm -hmm. going to happen, or yeah. not knowing. Um, so this makes me a little bit controlling yeah. freak, you know? Like, I, I'm, I, I have worked a lot on it, and it's much less, but I do feel don't know I have to take a big breath and do an exercise to mm. get comfortable it's not yeah. a natural thing like I'm not a I'm not an adventurous person saying yeah who knows <laughs> who cares if I have to sleep on the floor there it doesn't yeah. matter you know I'm not like yeah. that I'm more like I want to know where I will sleep I want to know <laughs> yeah. so the unknown is something maybe uh, that I I would say that um, maybe would scared me yeah Mm, okay. And death was related to that because we don't know what happens yeah. after that. So <laughs> I think it's all related. <laughs> yeah. Retrospective. Mm -hmm. um, what was or what is your belief for your success? What is it for me, success? Mm -hmm. What do you believe makes you successful? Mm -hmm. Um, May you don't say I'm not successful, but I suppose no, you... No, no, no. You always have something <laughs> that you think that will make you more successful. Well, I, I have been redefining uh, my level, my successful references in the last years. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I feel there is a lot about having good connections with people. I mean, meaningful connections, heart opening connections. Um, at every level, uh, I mean, if I'm in, working with a big company and I relate with the persons I'm offering the course, I, I intend to have a connected way. It's not like he's not like the manager of Siemens of this, this. He's a human being and I'm creating a connection with this person. And uh, connection is something for me that will say a lot about what well, is my level of success, how I connect with people. Mm. Uh, um, of course, uh, this, ha this will create a great exchange with people and this will bring the money, this will bring uh, the, the status, this will bring naturally everything because when you have this, uh, this pure or rich connection, it's the ground to put all the seeds for our mm. exchange. Yeah. Uh, so everything will flow, everything flows actually because of that. I believe a lot in that. I believe a lot that as a, as a business model almost, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and if there is not this connection, I'm not interested. If someone says, uh, we will pay you a million dollars and you do this, 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 and I see this will drain my energy, there's no connection, there's no, 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 I will say no, very probably, you know? I, I have said no to many things that I thought in another time that would be the dream if they offered me, but the conditions were not there in a human level. And I said, no, I'm not negotiating that part anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. It's a it's um, nice view of, of, of success. Um, can you explain um, what was unexpected in your way? Everything, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I never expected I was going to f 
to go to France as an exchange country. I wanted to go to Japan, but at the end the program closed and I had to choose another country and I ended up France. And then it, that connected me to France in a whole new way. And then I was in, doing my, everything has been unexpected. I was doing my degree in communication in, in the La Sorbonne, in master, a master degree. Mm -hmm. And I was there and suddenly I found a friend in, uh, drinking some coffee and he, passed and said, I work in this radio, why don't you, if you're already a journalist, why don't you come? And I didn't look for it. I, he just passed and said, I will take your CV tomorrow morning. Give it to me, I will give it. And I was like, okay. And then a week <laughs> later, I was working in this big radio. You know, like everything has been like openings like that, openings. And each time I, I, I have this little game with the universe where with some, this energy where I always, when I take a big decision, I say, for example, I'm, I'm moving from Paris. I know I want to do this, but I don't know when yet. And so I will put, I had a part on an apartment that I had bought there. And I said, okay, I will s put my apartment on sale uh, on, to sell it. And if I, when it sells, when someone is interested and is going to buy it, that's the moment where really? I will do all the things. And I thought this will be take a lot. And I went to this agency to put it there on the market, my apartment. And the ladies, it, she says, well, your apartment would cost well, 150,000 euros. And I said, well, I will want to sell it in 300,000. And she says, well, you won't sell it. And I said, well, let's see. Because I said like that, I will gain like six months, you know, of preparing. Yeah. One week later, someone comes and says, I want to buy it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? One week later, I was turning all, all the machine to leave because I said, okay, this is the game and I'm in. And so I always do this little test. I say, I will start these sessions. If I find a room and let me call these three places. If the room is there, I go. And then I find this beautiful room and I start the sessions. And then each time is like, I'm playing this game and it's unexpected in a way. I think the only thing that hasn't been unexpected is my child. That I, this is the only thing we said, let's have a child. That mm. all the rest of my life has been, let's go to Germany, no. And it was like unexpected at the end, mm. how we did it, you know? So... Um, when, you have, when, when did you have you understand this game? Um, I am... I'm still discovering it. It's not... I, I understand that there is this that the universe will always bring you things in an unexpected way. And this is the way magical things happen. Mm -hmm. So I put the energy and in the intention and I open the heart for this to happen. And then I wait to see, and it's usually a very, it's they, they, the universe delivers or this energy delivers in a way beyond what I thought it was going to happen. Like I ask a little thing and it's like, wow. And I, you know, like each time it's like, wow, like I'm totally surprised on how things move. So, um, I, I don't know, it, it's, in the radio I was already a little bit like that when I would do the reportage, when I would do the interviews, but I was always a little bit control freak. Like mm -hmm. everybody would go like Gaza Strip and they arrive there and they see who they interviewed. Me, no. I would contact all the NGOs there, plan who was going to pick me up at the airport, plan everything because mm -hmm. I wasn't going to arrive to a dangerous place not having my backup. It was a common sense for me, but people would say, what? You have done your reportage from here almost. And I said, no, no, it's just to know, you know? And, but there was always this thing that happened that I didn't control that was quite magical with mm -hmm. people with, um, and it's just a, 
I think that that's what makes the real joy of the whole thing. If you know everything and have it everything figured out, yeah. there's something a little bit boring about it, I think. <laughs> but of course, yeah, um, I still figure out. I'm not, I don't have everything figured out, you know, like. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> so that brings you to the other one. Um, to the whole world of dreams. What what is your 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 next dream? Maybe your vision? Uh, what you like to fulfill? Mm -hmm. Okay, I have a dream that I have. Um, okay, I have many dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have many dreams, but let's talk about. Um, this well, now I'm fulfilling the one of the online. I wanted to create a way of giving help to people that are working in companies that are people that have a tough life and a high mm. levels of stress and I'm, I'm I started working on this now w through these uh, courses but um, I have I have I have a dream of creating meditation domes uh, in in neighborhoods different neighborhoods where people can go like they go to a church or they go to the library to read there they can go to practice meditation and they can go practice meditation collectively they can go and learn meditation and it's, they don't have to be yoga in a yoga practice or in any kind of lineage or mm. religious practice this yeah. is a very um, meditate it's a meditation to calm your brain waves to connect you to yourself to calm down your chemistry to create a sensation of love for yourself to you know and with others so I want to I'm working on this project so I found the architect already that wants to create the domes uh, and I found the person that will help uh, that it, we are working on it yet to um, to create the business model of this and I'm working it's a slow project because of the many fears that appears in me more than because this is slow. Each time you, you are having a slow project going on, check just in you what is it that is making it slow. Because it's always about you and how you're projecting that. So in this mm. case, I can totally assume my responsibility. <laughs> um, and I know I have many fears about engaging in a big project that will take all my energy and time mm. and that I won't be able to be have the flexibility I have right now to do whatever I want, basically with, you know, to change coaching packages, to change what I teach, to change. Yeah. Here it would be then okay I start creating domes I do I become a dome maker then do I be you know like I have yeah. many questions and and the partner I found it's not a partner but the person I found in to do this is uh, it's a very special person in San Francisco that is helping me with all this thinking process on what mm -hmm. is it that I want and what is it that uh, that all of this well examining all these things what is it that I really want uh, what is the extent of implication? Do I really want to make this happen? But it's such a dream for me. Like, you know, when you're passionate about something that you can't just put it aside, that you try, but you can't. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where this will end, but yeah. Okay. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the dreams? Okay. So now we, 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 we did the curve um, slowly to, uh, to come to the, to the end. Um, so, and at the end, the audience uh, will know <laughs> something. Um, the first one is, um, what's your own 
mental tips uh, what you, you do use for yourself to give it out for the audience and um, maybe when you are um, uh, complying with us um, maybe we can try a breathing technique yeah. for the audience of course. so um, this both parts so the first one is uh, what's your own mental trick what you use for yeah. your for your own stress management yeah and maybe after that we, we do a little breathing technique okay. for the audience so that they can do it when they listen it okay so um, my mental trick if I could call it like that it's more of a, of a mindset trigger and it's really it has taken me years but I I feel I now I get to it really fast and it's really to be understanding with myself that I can't keep my energy and my clarity and my my energy can't be always clear and always good and in top uh, um, position and and that I need moments of rest I need moments of uh, diversion of entertainment of and my mind usually when I'm not getting that it behave it starts uh, sabotaging it starts telling me oh you're not good at this or you're too tired you're too this you're too that and so at that moment I just take a breath and I I I become tolerant with myself like I calm down and become I'm and this automatically is like a gesture of self-love immediately when I have the intention to say wait a minute take it easy all is good actually you have done a lot already you know it's just a moment where you need to sleep half an hour or you need to do this or you just need to go and swim a little bit at the lake or whatever it is but it's the moment to accept it's too much there's a moment where it's, it's being too much and we think that overthinking it will bring the solution. Mm -hmm. We think that overthinking it and staying there and finding it and we won't find the solution. I know we won't find the solution with the mind thinking and thinking. We have to unhook and do something. So this is the, 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 the trick is taking a big breath and finding out what is the thing you can do in the next half an hour that can create the space in you to mm -hmm. be able to reconnect yeah. with that, you know? So it's creating this space. I do it through breathing. Other people say a mantra, other people, you know, clap twice, other people, there are many techniques, but for me, breathing is the most efficient one because it really rebalanced my nervous system uh, mm -hmm. and bring it, changed the stress hormone production into happy hormone productions immediately. Like in, in 30 seconds, this can start happening. So what I would suggest, I would, uh, um, as a breathing, when you take these breaths, yeah. I would take five breaths um, when you do that. And it's not just any breath. Um, I suggest uh, if I, well, uh, okay, I was going to bring this chair so you can sit properly in the chair <laughs> because you're a little bit. Oh, but okay. anyway, okay, so um, it's basically you expand the belly when you inhale and the chest when you inhale and then you relax. So you you first of all find a nice position. We ground on the floor and the spine is straight and the shoulders are relaxed mm -hmm. and your belly is relaxed. And then when you inhale, you expand the belly and a little bit the chest and then you let go the air. 
and clear. You don't push to let go the air, it will go out gently. Then inhale again. And let go the air gently. It's very important that when you expand the belly, that's your inhale. A little bit the chest and exhale. And you relax the neck and the shoulders. And again you inhale. Any part of your body that needs to be more relaxed. Again you inhale. Expanding belly and chest and exhale. And now we do two more with the eyes closed because the eyes bring too much information for the brain to process. Now we inhale and expanding and exhale. And again, you feel how your cells recharge with oxygen when you inhale, expanding the belly and exhale. And there you have created more space in your body, in your awareness. Very good. You have to know that if you're very, very stressed at this moment, you will very probably cry or release emotions. This can happen. When you give the space, the emotions will come up and express the emotions that are driving your, you crazy and that are dictating your stressful life will just find the place to expand, express, and be transformed. When they express, they are transformed. And this is a gesture of self-love, this action of stopping and breathing. If you do it as a gesture of self-love, it will open your heart very gently, more and more. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're creating the space for your body to be in the present, really, and your mind to calm down. When you close your eyes, around 70% of the information that is coming in and having you in beta, waves, very high speed waves in the brain, will calm down immediately. And in, in 60 seconds to two minutes, you can really be in almost alpha if you get good at mm -hmm. this, you know, very, that means in a very calm, relaxed um, state. And your body will immediately release chemistry that will help you restore every organ, every cell. You will enter into restorative mode as opposed to when you're stressed that nothing is restoring in your body. You're just all is paralyzed in your body when you're stressed. Yeah. So yeah, this is a good exercise. It's very simple, yeah. but it's very powerful. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay. I, I, I suppose the audience will, will try it, but uh, don't try it when you drive. No, please. <laughs> no, no. Don't please. close your eyes when you drive. Yeah. <laughs> Or do this, yeah. yeah parking for the session yes. or still yes. be at home. Yes. So that's great. So um, 
At the beginning, we talked about your actual projects for your stress management. We also will show it in the show notes. So, and the last question I have is uh, our lovely question for my interview partners. Are you drinking more espresso or tea? Are you love to drink espresso or love to drink tea? Um, at the moment, we both drinking tea. Um, so is it your preferred? Yes. Yes, I, you I, are the tea I am a gourmet. tea person. I, I am a tea gourmet. I love uh, chai latte. It's okay. one of my favorites. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I drink basically tea. Yeah, okay. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like it or? No, no, coffee really, um, I'm very sensitive physically. Yeah. And coffee turns me on in a way that is too much. My body can't almost, uh, mm. I mean, bear it. It's like too much. When I was a journalist, I used to drink coffee. And one day I, with a coffee, bad coffee I drank, uh, mm. it, I, it didn't go well. I was like really... <gasps> very agitated my heart was beating too fast and yeah. then i said okay i coffee's strong for me um so yeah okay. <laughs> but tea yeah <laughs> so, sorry <I> couldn't. <laughs> no no it's, it's totally okay it's good for our statistics so yeah, that we have yeah, a little yeah. bit of balanced <laughs> um so yeah i can't yeah Many thanks yes. that you, Thank you take this time with me and then share uh, your, your lifetime experiences and your knowledge with us and giving, uh, uh, giving us the, the gift for the brass and um, for the download. Yeah. So I hope the, the audience will, will take something out from that. So thank you for that thank you for your time and maybe we found we found someone more time to to yes. to, uh, to speak more. about yeah to more exploring the <laughs> all this stuff thank you for inviting me it has been a pleasure i loved your question <laughs> thank you and thank you for doing this you know because yes. it's so important to spread positive Absolutely. Uh, and and you know like yes. experiences of people uh, that are I don't know, positive something in one way or another, you know? So yeah. today the world needs this spreading. So okay. thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Das war unser heutiges Interview mit Raquel Sosa. Hast du die Übung mitgemacht? Wenn nicht, nimm dir ruhig die Zeit und probier es aus. Wenn du eine Frage zum Interview oder zum Thema Mindset hast, dann schreib mir unter podcast.kachemba.de und ich werde deine Frage über den Podcast oder in Tutorials beantworten. Lass uns gemeinsam mentale Frische in die Welt tragen. Du kannst den Podcast mit einem Beitrag deiner Wahl supporten und dafür sorgen, dass wir werbefrei bleiben können. Teil den Podcast mit deinen Freunden und in deiner Community. Alle Details zum Supporten und die Shownotes zum heutigen Podcast findest du unter www.kachemba.de Und das war's für heute. Atme tief durch, bleibt mental frisch, euer Sascha.